Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm catching up with award-winning street photographer, Graham Heckles. How you going, Graham? Very good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, dropping in the award-winning. I feel I feel very, uh, very honoured. <laughs> ah, no worries. Yeah. Hey, you've won them. Got to, got to uh, uh, celebrate, you know. True, true. Yeah, it's pretty. Actually, I was watching a um, uh, Miami street photography festival this morning because they can't hold the physical exhibition so they've got a lot of these uh sort of ex- what would normally be exhibitions and awards and community building online so i've had i've had my morning inspiration cool does i take it that works all right with photography if they're doing it all online like with art sometimes you know a lot of the time you need to stand in front of it and really really see the textures and everything but with photography um you know you could see a great photo as long as the screen's big i guess is that is that work for you yeah so this so this morning they have um they have the finalists in the what they call the singles photos um which are just obviously single images as opposed to bigger projects or series so yeah sitting watching all the finalists on a massive tv so it's quite cool that that said i think there's something about seeing the physical photo uh, in the flesh, and I think that that's probably the similarity with with what you're saying on the art front. Mm, yeah. So um, I start off every podcast the same. Like, um, where are you from, and uh, how'd you get into photography? I'm originally from Newcastle in the UK, though I don't have too much of an accent. Um, as part of my sort of nomadic uh, existence, I grew up on the south coast of England. Uh, and then really the last almost 20 years or so, I've lived lived in Sydney for a number of years. Um, Bangkok, I lived six or seven years until very recently. And now I'm currently in Hong Kong. So I'm pretty fortunate to have lived in some amazing cities um, and sort of explored probably following, following travel, yeah, what, 20 years ago. Maybe that in, inspired me to want to live in other places um yeah cool and um and what drew you to uh to become a street photographer yeah so photography came to me unexpectedly and i say quite late in life in my in my mid-30s um it was, yeah, probably six years ago, I had been traveling loads for work and I was just exhausted and I hadn't used my my leave. So I stay, I was in Bangkok, I had three weeks uh, and I had a camera that I bought about a year before but had hardly used. And I decided every day for three weeks, I would go out and take photos. Uh, then after after a few days, I was looking looking at these images i was literally just walking around parks um markets cafes basically anything ot and take, taking photos and i was just getting what i thought were quite some quite cool images uh then i started reading online about street photography and candid photos um 
and I decided to go and sort of experiment with with some of the materials I was reading. So I, I remember I went to Chatterchuck Market in Bangkok. I was just standing very close with a, a fixed lens, so you have to be close to people, which initially is quite daunting, and just taking these these very real candid images. Um, so after after getting over a, an element of fear. And looking at the results, like wow, these are these are you know pretty cool. So I was, yeah, so I, I suppose I would say I I very much surprised myself. And then I started to read more during just that even that three week period. By the end of three weeks, um, I had been to different festivals all, all, all over Bangkok. Every everything everything you could do every single day, um, and I realised that I could 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 take photos. Um, so that was the that was the beginning. But I had no um, no background in art, no education, no um, nothing to indicate that I could even do this thing. Other than when traveling, I would take the occasional photo, and so, oh, I wonder wonder what would happen if I uh, spent a bit more time doing this. So really, I had I had a bunch of time on my hand, and I I explored something that I had a had a an interest in. Hmm. Have you since studied photography at all? I think after that first phase I I did a whole combination of different things so I would I would watch um, videos on YouTube even even very basic things how to use a camera um, some some sort of documentaries and information about composition um i then bought photo books i looked at lots of photos um i had magazines so I, so a sort of whole host of things that because i was so enthusiastic uh about all these these photos i just wanted to learn so i i became very consumed to teach myself so completely self taught uh i think a lot of a lot of the learning was was literally just going out and walking for hours, uh, taking taking photos. So yeah, as as I said at the beginning, I was literally taking photos of everything. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It's almost like when you when when you when you discover something and you want to you almost want to try everything, every subject uh, around it until you find the thing that um, that you love. And and I think eventually uh that that was black and white photography taken on the streets real real life uh things that i perceived are, are original and can can be replicated um that said it took me a bit of a journey to get there and i, I definitely did take photos that um were let's say sort of cliche travel photos and and so on but part of that was trying to figure out what it is that I liked and, and why. And I was also trying to understand how to use a camera. So yeah, I, I, I literally just crammed everything I could in at the start. Cool. And do you feel that you uh, you saw, you know, um, like places through a different light being a foreigner? So things that would be like mundane to a local for you, they were like, wow, look at that. Uh, yeah, I think, I definitely think, 
there's an element of that. Um, and being based in, in Asia for, you know, since I started photography um, and having access to go to, to places in, in the region, be it Vietnam or Myanmar, and there's definitely some things that you see differently to a local photographer. And that's something that I talk, talk to uh, photographers from different countries because they're always curious, how do, you, how do you see my city or how do you see my country? Um, so we definitely find some things that, that people take for granted when they, when they live somewhere. And I guess it's a little bit like when I go to say London and, and shoot there, I'm, 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 I would say I'm probably a little bit less inspired in a certain sense because I'm so familiar with things. Whereas if I'm in, I don't know, Bangladesh and I see somebody <laughs> fixing a, a rickshaw or upside down or like that, that would be a normal sight for, for somebody there, but it's quite, I guess, quite interesting depending on, on, on the setting. Mm. You said before that you are, uh, you shoot with a fixed lens. Like um, you have to get quite close to people. Like how, how do you actually um, approach them to take the photo? Yeah, so I, I use a, a lens that means I have to be, let's say, anywhere between one to three meters. If, if, I'm, if I'm further away, generally, the photo is probably going to be going to be a bit shit. So I have to be close to the action. I'm not hiding. I'm not sort of standing from afar and, and zooming in. I'm, 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 I'm sort of making, whilst I'm being discreet, I'm also not making a secret that I'm that I'm there taking a photo so um, yeah that that but that makes things more difficult as well because you don't want to disturb a situation you don't want to um, yeah you you want real real life moments so it, it's a balance between being being in somebody somebody's space or an environment discreetly getting a photo um, otherwise, if people see you, if you know, if I was take, if if the situation was reversed, I probably wouldn't be that excited if somebody was taking my photo. So I try to do things discreetly. Yeah. Have you had any uh, run-ins with people? G generally not. I think it's I think it's a fair it's a fair question, and that's what people often ask. You know, how do you how do you even take these pictures? I would say, I don't know. 95% of the time there is nobody really bats an eyelid um i have been doing over the last couple of years more more photography with, with flash and part of that i was also quite concerned that people getting getting a flash was going to be problematic but even that especially if 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 it's say it's on a sunny day people don't even notice people are so consumed with their with their lives these days that often often they, they just don't know you're there or you're taking a picture. Hmm. I saw that, um, that photo of you on your website where the guy's giving you a kiss on the cheek. Um, yeah. Have you like made friends in the streets and uh, like built relationships? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's part of, part of the, the whole experience. Commonly I'll go out and walk for if, if I'm, if I'm away on a, on a, on a photography trip, I'll definitely go and walk for I don't know, eight to 10 hours. So during that time, you, you meet characters, you sit and have a drink, you get invited into people's homes. Um, yeah, so it's, al it's almost, um, 
part of the experience to, to yeah to meet people and uh you know if if i did take a picture i would show them and if 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 the chance arose um so yeah that guy that you're referring to was in hanoi it was about 9 30 in the morning and that guy was just sitting at you know the, the sort of very minuscule tiny little stools having some i don't even know what it was, it was like vodka um so he's just there having a good time nine and nine in the morning so uh i was with a vietnamese photographer and so he was helping translate and so the guy's going oh my my son's in the uk have a drink with me so there i am at nine and nine thirty in the morning whatever having having a vodka with some old guy who then in that picture starts kissing me <laughs> as you do yeah. eh? as you do yeah standard standard uh day out yeah do, do you ever have um issues with the uh the language barrier um yeah i think so some some of my early trips uh, that i would describe where i was taking more travel photography i would sometimes go with with a local person or a um like a like a guide i suppose um which is good for translation but other times if you're um if you're off down some alleyway in i don't know colombo or in Dhaka, sometimes you can't, you can't, um, you can't communicate. You can't say, "Ah, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm here taking pictures," or you can't explain what you're doing. And you also, by the same token, you don't necessarily have a sense of are people happy that you're there or not. So a lot of it comes down to body language and just sort of sussing out the situation, really. But yeah, it it, it would be nice to talk to to everybody but sometimes it's just not possible yeah and you said you like you walk from like eight to ten hours a day when you're out shooting like do, do you yeah. set up out with a day's um like with an intention for the day or an area you're going to target or do you just wander and see where where you wind up to begin with i if, if i was say in bangkok at home i would go right i'm gonna i'm gonna aim to get to a certain area and then um slowly work my way there and get get to the place i want to be and just sort of generally explore um if if i'm going to a place and i've got limited time then then i what what i do these days is try and speak to people who've been in a location and get some um some sort of google google map pins and target different areas um so that it's not entirely random so you're sort of targeting places where people um have said oh look this place is this this market's interesting or um you know the light's good at this place so yeah as time's gone by i'm probably a little bit more a little bit more planned but then still part of part of the fun is just sort of randomly walking and exploring and finding things that that um that you didn't expect and, and in fact if anything when I go out, I, I I generally don't have any expectations at all. So I go out not knowing what I might find or or, or create. So, um, which means I'm composing things on the fly or, or or sort of making not making up as I go along, but creating uh, creating things um, as I see opportunities. Mm. Yeah, I can relate a lot to that. Like through um. Uh, traveling and painting like i just you know buy buy paint 
and wander around the city or wherever, like wherever I am in the world until I find somewhere to paint. But I really like that, um, you know, the just walk, you're just not knowing what's around each corner and just just keep wandering until you find the right spot. It's uh, It's been interesting. It takes a certain type of person to do that because I've been out with friends. I've been traveling with friends and taking that same approach and they're an hour into it just going, man, like let's just go home and call it a day. And it's like, no, <laughs> we're, we're going to find somewhere. You know, you always, you always uh, end up succeeding as long as you keep searching, you know. Yeah, I, but I, I, to me, that's part of the the fun as well because I'm I'm almost quite unrelenting in that um, I'll just keep I'll keep going because you just don't know what you're going to discover or or like you're asking who you're going to meet or uh, are you going to encounter a sticky situation. So that's part of the the element of venture, especially when there's that travel component. Mm. Um, but I almost I, I think I'm driven because. I found photography a bit later in life, and because I at times have 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 limited time to go and take photos, I want to like use all of that time. Um, so I would shoot if I was away for a week or a weekend. I would shoot day and night because um, I just want to make the most of every second. Um, otherwise, I get. Um, yeah, I sort of lose time through having having a, a sort of day day job as well. So I feel inspired just to absolutely make the most of it. Yeah, like um, so you've got a full time job. Like um, does this uh, impact your photography at all? Like you said that there's you know it makes you really cherish every moment. Um, but uh. You know, does it mean that you can shoot more freely and um, knowing that you're not trying to make a uh, a salary off off your photos? Yeah, I think um, ultimately I take I take photos these days that I that I want to take um, that I love and, and that I'm happy with. I don't to that end. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to take things I, I don't want to. So that's that's kind of more liberating and more freeing that i don't i don't really have to worry um i think you know out out and out street photography is is hard to have a commercial value people people unless they're really into it maybe they don't understand the photo or or it's too it's it's too real um and that's actually that's kind of part of the journey where I got to street photography because I was taking a lot of these um, sort of travel photos. And I, w- I went I went one trip to to Myanmar and and I openly admit this I took I went and you, and you may have seen these pictures sort of classic light beams with monks and candles and um, uh, th- things like that um, that were really. Like actually, they're amazing pictures, but they're not—they're not real. But if I were to post that on a social media, that that photo would be more well liked. I'd probably be able to sell it. Whereas if I go and take a black or white, you know, silhouette in Lisbon, less people are likely to to want to sort of buy it. So I definitely don't have that um, that pressure to go and take things that are that that are common. Um, which is where I got to now. I, yeah, I really just want to take what I take. 
the, the flip side is if I go out and take photos and I've created something, I've met, you know, I've, um, I've walked, I've explored the city. If I go into work on the Monday, I'll feel so much more refreshed and energized and clear. So it kind of has a sort of dual, a dual side to it. Hmm. And what is it that you look for in a great photo? Um, for me, yeah, I mean, I, I, I generally shoot in black and white um, because I like the simple aesthetics. Um, I, I, I quite like sort of minimal, minimal backgrounds. Um, if there's great light, that's always going to help. Um, just some, some, something that, that has an element of, of mystery. Um, it, yeah, it, it's hard because I don't have, um, as I said, I don't have pre preconceived ideas. Um, but a, yeah, gen generally a combination of things. I suppose mm -hmm. if I look at some of my my favorite photos, um, th there's an element of layering and complexity. Um, where yeah, you may you may have multiple multiple elements composed in an image. Uh, those things are obviously quite difficult to get in the street when you have no control over over the surroundings. So. Um, yeah, I'd say a sort of layered, layered multiple elements, good light, interesting backgrounds, sometimes an element of simplicity. And generally, it would be black and white. Mm. Is there a reason for the black and white? Have you ever shot in colour? Yeah, I do. I do shoot in colour. Um, but yeah, my, my personal preference is I just like I just love black and white photos. Um, makes things simple. If if done uh, done, I say correctly, or if done well, I, sometimes there's a timeless element to them. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm perhaps caught up in some of these sort of classic documentary reportage type type photos. Um, yeah, but I do I do shoot in in color as well. And if this year, whilst I have shot probably less, I've also done more in color. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, my preference is black and white. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do, do more color. Hmm. And is equipment important to you? Or do you just like, you got your favorite camera and just use that? The last three years, I've really just used one, one camera and one lens. So I, I would go out. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't go out with like a bag of equipment. I've got a, a, a fairly small camera in my hand. I have to get close, close to the action couple of batteries in my pocket, some memory cards, um, and away I go. Um, yeah, so I just just fairly simple in that regard. So I was sort of contemplating this year, maybe using a different lens, maybe doing more things in color to try and mix things up a bit. So you're not like the photographers you see in movies where they've got nine cameras dangling around their necks and, <laughs> you know. Um, not, not quite. Yeah, yeah. I sort of go out. I'll go out with whatever. Just, just yeah. I almost can just take a camera. Um, but I used to. If when when I go on some of these more longer trips, I'd probably have a uh, a different lens as well, in case you do need to. Um, I don't know. Maybe zoom into something. 
yeah yeah i'm not i've not got um i've not got all these uh, like tons of lenses there's quite interesting i went on one of these uh like street photography workshops about three years ago to to dhaka in bangladesh um so there's what four or five guys like myself small cameras just sort of meandering around the city and we're sharing a hotel with with a group that you've probably got in your mind who've got all these long lenses and um so we were in this uh they unload coal and and um sand from these barges so i was sort of clambering over boats and getting close to these these people who are just the work they're doing is just unbelievably hard work and then you in the background you got these guys just like zooming in from 50 meters away uh as if they're i don't know it's almost yeah when people are using those long lenses it's i don't know it's almost more like a a voyeur than uh being part of the action yeah yeah Mm. I, I admit that being, being in the action is super humbling as well. Um, you got some of these guys uh, walking on planks of wood with, I don't know, five or six kilos of coal on the head. I remember I walked across these planks with my tiny little camera, just petrified. I was going to drop into the water. It's like, God, I've got no no right to ever worry about anything in my life. These, these people have worked harder in like one second than I probably ever will so i think that's also part of part of the um experiences that you do encounter very humbling situations as well mm, so it sort definitely. of helps ground ground you yeah when i was in um bangkok last you were showing me some of these uh the photos from that trip and um it's just like a really beautiful body of work like do you um do you like to shoot bodies of work or are you um like about the individual photo as well. Gen- generally, I ha- I have been about the individual photo. I think part of that is that lack of control over, or what I perceive a lack of control over what I'm going to go out and shoot. Um, so most most of my work has been yeah single images. Maybe there's some commonality. Um, the the DACA stuff. I, I think could could be put together as a body of work um but the one where i where it was an out and out project is the other the other photos i showed you from bangkok from the um the horse racing place so that was that was a very deliberate um project and so it meant that i i definitely had to over over the time of shooting that project definitely had to think a bit differently i i've taken this picture what else can I get? What other areas? What other what other uh, images to complement what I've taken? So that that's probably the it's the only time that I've that I've yeah really built this this project, which is good because you have to think think through it differently. Mm. Can you tell the listeners a bit more about that project? It's really uh really interesting. Yeah. So so. Um, after I did the the street photography workshop, I, I told you about a guy called uh, Maciej Djakovic, who's um, he's he's amazing, real sort of community builder, uh, does a lot of street photography workshops, and he 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 said, ah, you need to go and do a project. And so so I, I can't really can't really think of anything. Um, 
then I remembered uh, quite early in the piece, I went to this um, horse racing track in Bangkok. So in Bangkok, uh, gamble or not just Bangkok, Thailand, gambling's illegal. And um, the only place uh, that is uh, uh, an exception is this horse racing track. So um, I decided I would go there and start shooting, not uh, just really the, the characters in the crowd, the stadium, um, and just the, um, yeah, every, everything about this place. Probably two or three shoots in, the, the, the government decided they were going to shut this um, horse racing track down after a hundred years of existence. So that kind of spurred me on to get to get more photos while I could. Um, but in a sense, it was like this this piece of Bangkok that doesn't exist anymore. Like no, no, very, very untouristy, in fact, no tourists, which made it difficult. Uh, it sort of comes back to one of your earlier questions about language. I couldn't really communicate with, with anybody. And the reason for that was down to demographics, the average age uh, between people aged between 60 and 80. Um, and so I just went, went um, you know, week after week for a, for a period of time and got pictures of all, all, all the characters. Um, and so whilst the horse races were on, I was generally taking pictures of people who were, who were sort of very passionately shouting either they were going to win or lose money or, um, yeah. So it's kind of this interesting project in the works, a part of Bangkok that literally has now disappeared, but also during that time period of shooting it, like pe people who, people in scenes that you just don't see, uh, whilst th Bangkok's, you know, it's an amazing place and I'd, I'd call it home. Often you don't see a lot of emotion from people. So to be in this, um, this setting where you're seeing real emotion, um, people jumping, people in groups, or, or, and, and, and just different different elements of life. So I, each each uh, race was about, or, or each session was say five hours. So I would like intensively shoot for five hours at a time. Um, yeah. So I got I've got all of the photos, and in due course I will try and have have a, have an exhibition or or a book or or something. Um, mm. I've kind of just put put ice on doing anything with it. Uh, due to COVID, um, yeah, this year this year due to COVID, um, and also I I, I want to do it justice. I want to show it in um, in like a decent space. Um, so if yeah, to do it to do it this year, <laughs> probably nobody was going to look at it. It was going to be one of those online things that I told you about at the start. So. I think it's something that um, that that next year I will have made made more more progress in terms of getting it getting it out there. Mm. But if if you're thinking of doing a book, it could be a good time to get that together. Just a thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think I think part of it part of it to coming back to your question is that sort of difference between taking single images with putting putting a project together in terms of sequencing and um which, which sort of means that sometimes it's not all of the best photos but it's what works as a as a whole body um and as an exhibition or, or a book but is that how, how do you how do you do yours then you do you you pick projects or you just um create image 
image by image? Well, in the past, I've done image by image and then an exhibition will come up and I'll look at what I've got and then build a body of work around around an idea. But um, but lately I've been, I know, like, the more I speak to galleries and the more I speak to uh, artists who are further down there, the creative journey than I am, they are, they all just recommend like focus on, on bodies of work because, you know, as, as an artist, you can feel that you're getting pigeonholed into one style. When if you're focusing on bodies of work, you can finish that body of work and completely switch up your style. But as long as it's another body of work, it works. Whereas if you're constantly jumping all over the place with different styles and uh, it's just um, confusing to the viewer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's I think my that's theory, what I, anyway. What I found when I'm slowly getting into some of the flash photography is that it 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 aesthetically looks very different to all my other photos. So it's almost like I'm um, you're like splitting this different type of work. So I'm quite I'm quite interested to to pursue that and um, yeah, diff different things. Um, mm. But I find it hard to to I find it hard to sort of think what is what is a project going to be. That's one of the challenges I have. Not, I'm almost not sure. That's where the horse racing thing sort of came to me, and I was really I was really in, interested in it. Um, yeah, and I was it, it was just something that resonated. But I found I found it hard after that to think through what 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 I would start on. Hmm. I find it um, it's hard to intellectualize a project that you haven't even uh, approached yet. So if like for me, for instance, if I've done a a painting I like, and then another drawing, which is which could be another painting that they work together, and they get me really excited. I think, all right, I'm going to do a body of work like this. Um, you know, where whereas if I I haven't even done a painting of it, and I and I can think, oh, I've got this great concept, I'm going to do a body of work, and then you're halfway through the first painting, and you're thinking, this isn't any fun. <laughs> I don't actually want to do more of these. So I find you have to. It's like as you said with the horse racing track, like you went there already and you experienced it, and then you came back and you thought, wow. I'm going to go back. You know, you know what I mean? It's like you experienced it um, instead of just sitting on the couch thinking, all right, I'm going to make a body of work of something. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was re I was, cause it was every, it, the, the race was on every two weeks. I couldn't wait for every two weeks to come by and sort of get in there. And um, yeah, I like, I, I really loved it. I mean, the, mm. the, at, <laughs> at the end on the final race, when the stadium closed, I, I think I was probably, I remember standing there going, man, this this thing's finished after a hundred years, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not um, obviously not Thai, but I felt in a way that because it was closing, I was also also documenting part of uh, part of history, and that's that's in a sense why I'm not in a massive rush to to get it out there because no one no one can go and take the photos, which I guess is one uh, not not a concern, but. You 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 want things to be original, and and there were definitely other photographers there, but because it's um, yeah, it's sort of lodged in time. I can I can go at my own pace. Mm. Um. So speaking of exhibitions, do do you exhibit much? Um, I've been part of these um, 
your your fine introduction as being in in awards and so on one of the main motivating factors for the to sort of enter these things is that you end up being in group exhibitions so it, so to that end i've had photos in um, some pretty big exhibitions in miami san francisco london paris and so on um so so a few instances where where there's sort of one photo in an exhibition the only time so far that i had my own exhibition was quite quite early into my journey so after a few months of um of taking photos uh i was showing some to uh my local local sort of coffee shop that has an art space in it and they said oh you can you can do an exhibition and so i i've maybe been taking photos for about six months and so i said but i've only been taking photos for six months i, I don't think i i have enough so i decided to sort of uh, go ahead and book in a, an exhibition um in in yeah what was really my first year of taking photos so i called this exhibition start and the reason the reason that i called it that wasn't that i thought i had the greatest work in the world um but that if you if you sort of explore something that you might have an interest in it, you can surprise yourself and be amazed which was exactly how i how i felt and i probably still feel like it now that um yeah like if if you give yourself the time um uh, and allow yourself to to get into something you can you can produce some pretty amazing things in a fairly short period of time so yeah i did this i did this uh exhibition is yeah probably the um yeah i mean i wouldn't say this about many things in life or or maybe not anything else but when i remember the day before the exhibition um had all the the photos printed and framed and had these uh, guys come in to hang hang them professionally i remember sitting in this um this space with about i don't know 20 odd photos it's like so so proud it was like can't believe that i can't believe the sort of the images but then to exhibit do an exhibition in such a short period of time was was genuinely yeah quite quite proud i've, I've got to say it um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully I'll do more with with um, with the horse racing thing and um, and 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 more to come. Totally. No, good on you. It's, I I feel a lot of people hold themselves back for saying they're not ready. They're not ready. But I don't know. I I'm always uh, come from the the theory of that saying. It's like you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You know, you just got to go for it. Yeah. So that I mean. It's definitely uh, you, you've just got to, yeah, just go for it. Just go for these things and sort of get on with it. Mm. Um, because there's so it doesn't matter what what art is, photography, painting, could, could be anything. People are pe- people are people are going to be interested, and um, yeah. But I, actually, I think one of one of the one of the biggest things that came on the back of that, and 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 just sort of my general. Uh, experience with photography is I had a couple of people uh, who do one's a photographer one's an artist say oh look because I came to your exhibition or I've seen your 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 images online I've got into this thing and they've gone on to do things so I mean I would never I would never have thought when I went out and took photos when I was naked for that first three-week period that 
I was going to even influence one one person. So that's kind of bigger, almost bigger than than all the all the photos and all your own work. That if, if you've helped inspire somebody else, mm, totally. All right, Graham, are you uh, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? I'm about as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, name one artist who you think deserves more shine, or photographer, in this case. Oh, man. There's so there's there are, there's so many there's so many amazing photographers. It's, it is really hard to to nail it down. I could probably give you a hundred or a thousand, but I don't think you've got that much time. No. Um, so I was you make looking, it a couple. <laughs> uh, I was looking this year. I was sort of looking at who who's still been out taking photos and uh, who's doing different things. There's a, a guy called um, Max Sturgeon, uh, who's Instagram M Sturgeon three. He I just saw he's um, he's released uh, he's released a little book and has been out shooting on a road trip around America during during COVID and stuff. So I think there's a lot of photographers who have for understandable reasons sort of bunkered up so i think anybody who's been out there shooting um this year deserves deserves a bit of kudos and this guy you know he's shooting with flash wide lenses different different um sort of techniques and so on so not not somebody who's part of um sort of photography collective or um you know like got thousands and thousands of followers so yeah i think some somebody like that sort of grassroots photographer just getting on and doing his thing deserves deserves a bit of credit yeah and like so you haven't been out shooting much at all like during covid i thought it could be an interesting time to shoot yeah i've gone i've gone through i've gone through different pockets um early in the piece i did i did a bit um bizarrely i had a or i've had a couple of couple of quarantines I'd say then photography really helped me out. So I almost did my my own little mini quarantine project where I was just, um, yeah, like obviously no no space. I was stuck in a stuck in a room, but just taking different different photos. Um, then yeah, diff- because of Hong Kong ha- being so densely populated and different things, like not not as much as I would have liked. But now but now now is the time to get out. The weather's good. The light's good. I'm kind of itching, itching to get out more. So I, yeah, I've taken less photos this year, but I'm mm. still, still super eager to get out there. Yeah. And um, like, what's one medium you'd love to work with? I know it's weird asking a photographer, but um, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I guess in terms of in terms of photography, the the only other alternatives. I mean, I shoot digitally um there's different there's different sort of types of camera and obviously film um i've started carrying these little like disposable cameras around so i'm sort of dabbling in that just just for fun um but yeah i mean you can get these um called medium format cameras so they're like mass massive detail it would be quite cool to shoot to shoot with a different type of camera um i mean if you were talking if i could try any art do something completely different or if i could go back in time i mean it would be quite cool to i don't know get in things like architecture or something design related i guess that's a form of art Mm. 
It's never too late. Mind you, architecture takes a while though, doesn't it? It does. It takes years. Seven, I might have to stick to the photography. <laughs> yeah. I could get, I, yeah, but I, think there's, I think I'd be interested in lots of things, music. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's loads of things. But I'll stick. I'll stick with photography for now. I'm probably going to have to stick with the same medium, but maybe just mix things around with lenses and color and try try a few different things over time. Mm. Have you have you used filters at all? No, I don't. I'm, I'm really like really simple. I'm just using this this simple setup: one camera, same lens. Um, I don't use I don't use filters. I don't use yeah. I don't really I don't use anything. Cool. Man of simple pleasures. Good stuff. Um, what's one skill you wish you had? Oh, one skill. I was thinking. I was thinking of this. Like from all all my travels, I've done so many so many different things. The one thing that I was thinking it would be cool um, to to do like diving and do some underwater photography. So I have no skill in terms of. I'm, I'm highly likely to drown or or uh struggle with my diving but that that would be cool to do that um i was looking at some photos by a a, a well-known australian photographer called trent park he's got this book called um seventh wave and he's got these like amazing black and white underwater photos of people uh sort of swimming and diving and just but the, the, it's like from another from another world so it'd be quite cool to sort of mix that skill with photography and get just get images that are you know you just wouldn't see normally mm. that would be quite funky totally and uh who are some of your favorite artists or photographers um again there's, all, there's, so, there's so many so many different um photographers i mean you've got real sort of hero legendary photographers like uh sebastiao salgado who's um got these incredible uh projects uh, that took years to make that he immersed himself into there are some of his projects like uh one called workers one one about migration uh one about the environment i don't know have you, have you ever seen his work uh no so he's, i might, I might uh, have I've, i notice a lot of photographers work but i don't know their names so this this guy is just yeah like real absolute legendary but this is where where when you're when you're talking about like projects the the real elite legendary photographers they they just took years six seven years to make one one project um there's a there's a photography agency called magnum photographers so that's where all of the sort of classic documentary reporting photographers are uh, they're generally part of magnum photographers so a lot of those guys just, you know, absolute amazing photographers. But um, yeah, but then if I if I look at look at at another level, I mean, th those guys are sort of, you know, raising raising awareness, uh, asking questions of of humanity through through their through their style. Um, yeah, I mean, I but if I were to look around at people who who I'd say are like peers, uh, in, in, even just Thailand is like amazing photographers you get a lot of these groups like I don't know how it works in the art world but there's a lot of um, photography collectives 
Um, so if you look at this thing called um, Street Photo Thailand, there's, I don't know, 20 odd photographers, all, all just amazing. But they're shooting, Bangkok's hard to shoot in because of light or clutter or all these things. So some of these guys making sort of illusions and just amazing photos in hard conditions. Hmm. Do, you, do you have a dream project you'd love to work on? Yeah, I think part of it is part of it is what I was saying. It's hard. It's hard to think of a specific project. I mean, really, if if there's a way to um, to harness the photography, the art, the, the 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 photos to to have some I don't know, like benefit benefit to society, be it bringing attention to a, to an issue or, or something like that. So, if I, but really, sort of a project that that connects a meaning to to what I do um yeah re- really I think a project covering some real life issues I mean who knows what's going to happen in the next next year there's going to be um it's going to be such fallout from what's what's happened in the world that that in a sense creates opportunity for um for projects some of them may be maybe confronting or daunting things but yeah something something with a bit of meaning um if i could um yeah hmm. and um do you have any uh projects in the pipeline at the moment i know it's a weird time to be working on projects but yeah just the one just the one that we talked about um really getting getting those photos together sequencing them reaching out to um to galleries um yeah but i think I think it's something I've got some time off at the end of this year, which I plan to just go out and go out and shoot, but also to think about, um, yeah, what, is it, what it is I want to do or how can I maybe work with other photographers or artists and um, yeah, see, see what projects there are. But other than that, it's really just like I described as sort of building a body of work over time. Um, I guess to that end, one, one thing that I have been doing over the last few years is I, I go back to the same cities. So I go back to Hanoi, Yangon, Seoul, Tokyo. And my, my idea is whilst I don't have a sort of a hard project, but literally to do that, I don't know, the next 10 years or maybe longer, and then, and then sort of look back and see how I can perhaps thread something together and see how, see how some of these cities change. So I think that's, that's like a very, very long-term thing though. Yeah, cool. Um, and where's the best place for people to see your work online? Uh, probably Instagram. So uh, you can see see my photos at heckles.photography. Uh, I have a website, which is not not updated that as frequently as it could be. But yeah, re- mainly I'm posting stuff on, on Instagram. Um, it's one of life's necessary evils, I think. <laughs> as a creative anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Graham. It's been uh, it's been great to catch up um, and find out a lot more. It's funny. I've known you for so many years, but it's uh, I've never spoken to you so much in depth about your uh, photography. It's really great to to learn more about it. Yeah, it's good because I mean we talked we talked about this quite early in the piece, and I think I think now I've been doing it for a lot longer. I see things differently. I kind of found what it is that I that I love concentrating on, and yeah, it's more more interesting to to talk through when I was young fresh and bushy-eyed in my first first year or so of doing it but yeah i've really enjoyed catching up 